You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Welcome and thank you for tapping into Zillin Tap Keg. I am one of your hosts, RJ Zimmerman, here with my other friend, Monte Ball. How you doing, big guy? I'm doing well, but real quick, your other friend. Why do I, I gotta know. be your other Listen, friend? I gotta <laughs> say, I gotta I gotta mess something up in the mornings, otherwise no. it's not a real podcast, right? Other friend. The disrespect now I'm messing with you, man. I'm 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 doing well. All is well on my end. I'm very, very excited. For our special guest today, but real quick, RJ, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm really good. So just got back from awesome. vacation. But without further ado, let's yeah. introduce our new friend, Becca, the unashamed alcoholic. You awesome. can find her podcast on all podcast platforms. And I suggest uh, looking it up because it's very good. So, it is. Welcome, Becca. Woo! <laughs> how are you doing this morning? Uh-oh. Are we having sound Did issues? We lose her? I think we might be having a little bit of sound issues. But uh, So I had the opportunity to listen to an episode, <clears throat> um, one of the episodes, an Unshamed Alcoholic. I think mm. one of the things I like... Hmm? Just wondering what's going on. Oh, yeah. I think one of the things I like the most is just to, it's it how laid back it is. That's really what we try to do here at Untapped Keg, and I really, really loved that kind of format as I was listening and listening to you share and speak. <clears throat> it was really cool Thanks. stuff. Oh, okay. what an introduction. I love it. <laughs> there you are. Thank there you. you are. How are you doing? Happy to be here. Yes. Wonderful. We're excited to have you. I mean, it's a uh, good old Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to all mothers out there um, from Untapped Cake family. But we're really, really grateful and uh, honored to really have you on, Becca. So, my first question is, you know, obviously us three here are um, every we're, we're all three of us are recovering alcoholics. And just right off the bat, I would love for you to share with our audience um, a little bit about yourself. So what was kind of that turning point for you? You know, that day that came where you're just like, I had, you know, I'm done. I have to make a decision for myself. I have to step away from alcohol and um you know, how has it been since? Oh. We may have. There, oh, I, I was wondering. I think there might be a little bit of a delay too with her being in Quebec, but yeah, that's true. Do you think that? Uh, you think that we may? She probably may not have to use video. You know what I mean? You think it'd be better if she didn't use video? Maybe, maybe not. It's tough to say, right? Let's see here. Well, I'll talk to the chat real quick. What's up, Dan the Man? Dan the Man, good to see you. 
Carrie, good to see you as well. Uh, so it seems like as we're dealing with a little bit of technical difficulties, um, which is is expected, um, is go. expected. Welcome to the future. Everything is oh, good old virtual. Almost how it should be, right? <laughs> it's all good. But side note, for those in the stream and the Twitch, I will be streaming tonight uh, some. I'm going to bust out the Rocket League, a couple matches. I really, really love Rocket League, but then I'm going to play some indie games for sure, too. I put it in our Discord um, for to those who are in our Discord. I got a few indie games that I got to bust out as well. I have yet to play them, and I got to play them tonight. Uh, but first off, I'm kicking off some Rocket League, probably around like 9 p.m. So. You guys stay tuned. So, RJ, yeah, we may we got to possibly pull an audible here. Um, so, Mons, what did yeah. you do for your mother this morning? I love mm. that you picked it up. Shout it out, Mother's Day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, haven't done anything yet for my mother this 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 morning. Um, just you know, shot a text to the group. Um, Happy Mother's Day. Um, you know, from my mother, of course, but I do have some gifts for her um, that she will be receiving today. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good time, man. It's going to be a very good time. Um, plans for for my sister, your wife today? Uh, I already let her put away the groceries. So, you know, <laughs> you could say it's uh, very going really well. <laughs> that's that sounded so misogynistic what was that well, i guess yeah that kind of would a little bit but i was getting breakfast so i got a chance oh. why and we don't really have those roles i guess like yeah i'm I hear you. i'm the one who does the cooking generally i'm the one who right. does the dishes generally I do take a no, no, no. I know, I know. I'm just messing with you. Obviously, there is no misogyny going on but, over there. Yeah, just, you're just right. It did you. not sound good. <laughs> just poking at you. Um, we may have to just do audio. I'm, I'm thinking that may work with Becca. Maybe if it's not video and audio, the video might be slowing things down. So, um. May pull a fast one here. Do you think that we should just go audio? We'll see. When, to get the uh, podcast can, and then she can hear us. Right. And then I can do something special for our stream. Um, I can even hop on earlier if need be, just so we can get that in. <laughs> Dana Manta, good thing. Good thing your wife does not watch these, RJ. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh boy, what is this? I don't like that. Dan the man. Dan the man, it's gonna be awesome having you on. Um whenever we whenever we get that uh get that date. Um you've been with us since like really like the beginning, so we're we're most definitely fortunate. Um we're very, very grateful. Very, very grateful to have you, man. So uh we'd love for you to come on and share whatever it is you'd like to share. 
Sunday fun day indeed, Carrie. Sunday fun day indeed. No longer Sunday fun day getting drunk, which was what I used to do. Now it's Sunday fun day. Be a boring adult and check my schedule for this upcoming week. Check my credit score. Oh, Becca <laughs> check can hear some, us. Any bills I need to pay. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that, Dana, man. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, you'll have to meet him. Dan, Dan the, we call him Dan the Man. That's Dan the Man. Awesome guy. Awesome guy. So, Becca, if you can hear me, uh, if you just hit the video button down in the bottom left-hand corner again, it'll just put you through on audio. Uh, Dan the Man, Kerry, what are you guys' plans today? What are you guys' plans today um, for this Mother's Day? This Sunday. So we're here in Wisconsin. It's a little windy outside. I think it's going to probably rain. Is it really? I don't need any more rain. Listen, it's already pushed my plans at work back more than a couple times. And uh, Every time it rains, I literally think of you. I'm like, oh, gosh, he's probably going to get a phone call. He's probably going to have to go out. I don't mind about the phone call, (laughs) but I I need to get in the backyard, and I don't need any more rain. (laughs) Right. How many snakes do you walk by? Uh, Probably more than I realize. That's the scary part. It doesn't. That's the scary part. I'm just like it is what it is. It's a snake. It's not gonna, not True. gonna bite me. It's way worse things. Way worse like, things like bears. forgetting to do your taxes. Okay. Or... All right, Becca. <laughs> can you hear us? No, it's good to. That's all right. I, I can see what you guys are saying. Uh, what's a trip? Is it all my relapses happening? Can't hear her. Why can't I hear her? Uh, it's good to know, Carrie. Thank you for sharing that in the chat right there. Chilling and dodging the rain, cold and rainy all day. Yep. <laughs> Dan the man, you know how it is. Whatever the wife wants. Happy wife, happy life. Yes, indeed. Carrie, I had last weekend with my mom when she came to visit from Wisconsin. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Um, Pretty cool. What you guys got coming up this week? I wonder if there's any new movies coming out that I can possibly go and check out. The one thing that I miss the most, you guys, like outside of obviously you know, important things like family and getting back to a sense of some normalcy, um, like the one thing, random thing that I really miss is movie theaters. I'm a sucker for movie theaters. I'm like at that age where I go to movies by myself. And I always used to frown upon that growing up when I was like a teen. I was like, how do people go to watch the movies by themselves? Freaking weirdos. And here I am, a freaking weirdo. <laughs> going to going to movies by myself. And um, I really miss that. Carrie, Dan the Man, what do you guys miss the most about, you know, since everything has kind of been on lockdown in a sense because of the pandemic? Let me know if you need any help, RJ. Anything I need to do? Oh, oh, oh I hear you, Becca. I, we can hear you now, Becca. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, nice. I got it. Oh. I did my hair for nothing. Oh, man. 
I mean, first off, Becca, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your patience with us. Um, two amateurs, as we like to call it. Uh, most definitely give credit to RJ. He's pretty much the technical guy. The, the, the tech guy. Not a good thing. It's not a good thing. <laughs> I just show up and look ugly. No, sorry. <laughs> That's too bad. It's all good. I mean, we got... a we got a pretty good fan base. I, I think fan base, pretty good listening uh, listener base, and they understand. Community. Thank you, Jesus. I'm struggling. That's okay. <laughs> pretty good community. Um, they're very okay. patient. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, what are your thoughts, RJ? Start it over or get it going? Uh, I think I think we could just get it going. I agree. I agree. So, Becca, the question that I asked you was. Uh, you know, obviously, us three are recovering alcoholics, and um, RJ and I has shared, you know, why we, you know, how we made the decision to stop drinking, why we made it, and um, you know what we have gained since. So, my question to you, and I think it'd be awesome for you know, I think our listeners want to know that as well. So, what was like your defining moment of where you were just like, I can't keep doing this, I can't keep, you know, alcohol can't come with me into my future. Uh huh. Um, you know, it's, it had been bothering me for a number of years and like sort of, I was thinking about my drinking consumption and, and, and worried about it. And then when I had my kids, um, suddenly it was like I had two priorities, uh, you know, drinking or thinking about drinking. Cause that, that was really more of the issue was thinking about drinking, always thinking about it. Um, okay. and then you know, my kids. And so I was, you know, it was like weighing the two priorities and it was hard to balance that. Thinking about drinking was already taking up a hundred percent of my brain capacity pretty much. And now I had to also think about kids and what they needed from me. And mm. that was when I started to think I can't manage these two things and that's when it got to be really more of a this is a problem um and then the mo the, the real moment was i woke up um after in 2017 after my grandmother's funeral <laughs> but like mm. as you do the most hungover you know i've been in my life probably and i just thought i can't do this anymore that's when i really like that's when i looked up that morning and went take this away from me mm. um so that was that was really the that was the breaking point. And another. Oh, I think we lost you again, Becca, but. Uh... <clears throat> oh, she's talking. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Fine. I think yeah. there's a delay. I think there's a yeah. big leg. Yeah, we can hear you. I think you're right. I think there is a big leg. Um, yeah, I, so I think that both of us have been at that point as well, and thank you for sharing yeah. that. Um, that is, so we had we had a guest on two episodes ago, and they kind of reframed how we thought about that moment. And I, you know, I just want to share that again because it's so amazing. But that's kind of the foundation that we built upon to get to where we are now. So. Uh, her saying is, you know, rock bottom, that's a heck of a foundation to build upon. And, uh, I just, I just, I'm glad that you have built what you've built and 
that you're here we're with us now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important as well, too. I think like what you're mm-hmm. sharing is, is so awesome. And and I guess, you know, like the 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 it, it, it almost appears as if you were you're sort of a trailblazer up there in Canada, in Quebec, to be exact. So for our listeners, um, she is located in Quebec. And so, you know, we are here in Wisconsin, Becca. And so my next question to you is, you know, we, we, we shared it pre-show, like the drinking culture here in Wisconsin is is rich. It's um, heavily embedded into entertainment, anything along those lines. I mean, you're always going to come across that drinking culture in whatever it is that you do here in this state. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm, I've never been to Canada. I've never been to Quebec. Um, many of our listeners, I'm sure, haven't as well. So what is it like up there? And that, that may be a vague question in a sense, um, but the drinking culture in Canada, in Quebec. You know, what is it like up there? <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, Canada, I mean, it's still you're you're, you're in the um the the side of who like the lesser side of pe- the majority of people drink. So you're sort it's m- more um, uncommon if you don't still, I think if the percentage is like 79% of people drink, you know, like that it's still like a higher majority than people who don't. Mm. Um, and then, you know, for, for the most part, um, so le- lower than you guys, like in the States, I think it's a pretty much 21 from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Quebec, it's even less, it's 18 um, so in we border Ontario and uh, the joke has always been like, you know, people go as soon as you turn 18, you go from Ottawa to where I am in Gatineau, you cross the bridge <laughs> to go party in in Hull because the drinking age is lower. And, you know, so, I mean, it's they say, like, does it encourage younger drinking? I don't know, because when I, I, I was making fake ID and going out when I was 17, 18, like it didn't the 19, it's arbitrary, like. Right. You know, does it encourage earlier drinking at an 18, a lesser age? No, it probably just makes it better because you don't have to be making horrible fake IDs like I was, like I was doing. Um, But it's, you know, what's frustrating now is um, the, everything's, we're still in like a lockdown. I don't even have my first vaccine yet. Like we're very much behind you guys. Um, We're still in like, we're still in like a period of essential services only. And so I couldn't go to the store and buy them or a friend whose father died. I couldn't go to the store and buy my kids balloons or a little something extra for their birthday or a condolence card for my friend, because that's all considered non-essential items, but Mm. the wine and the beer is all available. So, you know, that's what I, when you talk about what's the drinking culture, well, (laughs) you know, it's available. (laughs) It's, it's right there in your face. It's, it's always, it's what's important, right? Like that's what's, it's a big part of the culture. Mm, that's huge that's huge and that's kind of similar as to what happened up here correct or rj right right here when we first had that lockdown liquor stores were open liquor stores were deemed yeah they never closed business um and that was kind of a shock in a sense uh but also thinking on the other side of that Mm -hmm. coin where it's you know people can actually Mm -hmm. die from withdrawals of, of alcohol um 
And so I guess it's 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 almost similar in a sense from from the Canadian right. to Quebec and, and the Wisconsin culture. Um, and I just I'm just I'm just really excited, actually, that you're sharing this information, because I think it's important that we understand that us Wisconsinites, people in Wisconsin, like there's other places that have this drinking culture that needs to be talked about, needs to be talked about. And it seems like when you talk about it. People seem to get a little uncomfortable about it as well, too. So my next question for you and then, RJ, I'll shut up and let you start asking some questions is once you started this journey, Becca, of speaking out, um, you know, advocating for mental health, advocating for um, those who are suffering in silence, being that hope for people to share their own stories. Have you experienced any sort of barriers or hurdles um, when it comes to people not wanting to talk about it because they feel uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? That's a really good question. Uh, You know, when I first started it, I was like, you know, will anyone ever want to talk to me about Mm -hmm. this? And uh, I, you know, I, and, and, and personally, you know, on the one side for the podcast and then on the other side for me, Personally, once I started talking to people in my personal life that I was doing the podcast, that I had this, would I get any blowback from that? And, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't at all. And I, I and for the podcast, no, like, you know, everyone's, I've, of course, I get rejections sometimes from people who are probably way too famous for me to have on, on my podcast. Um, but in my real life, I build it up in my head still sometimes that, you know, this person will never talk to me again once they find out I'm doing this or that I, I'm an alcoholic. And, and then I avoided talking to a lot of people for a long time about this. And then, you know, when I finally do, they go, why didn't you tell me sooner? You know, mm-hmm. this is really great. I'm, you know, I wish you, I wish I'd known sooner. And so I find that I build it up in my head that it's going to be bad. Um, because of the stigma that's attached to it. And in reality, the people are just for them, you know, I'd say 100% of the time, I'm really lucky so far, they've just been wonderfully supportive. So, you know, I I still have it in my head that like, it's going to be a bad (laughs) response, a bad response. And there's going to be something to, you know, they won't ever talk to me again. But really, everyone's just really um, happy for me. So, you know, it's been really nice. That's good. That's good. That's that's really refreshing. It's refreshing to hear because RJ and I, we we've um, we've we've shared in many of our episodes where, you know, like once we hopped on this journey, um, even in our our smaller circles of of our friends. It, it, at times it we would we would notice that they feel uncomfortable um, around us. If friends, like, it's anybody. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you explain it, RJ, because you already, you already know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. So. When you tell people like that you are friends with or that who you, let's say, um, first time you go out to a restaurant or something and you say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't drink. You don't have to say like uh, you're sober, you're an alcoholic, you just say you don't drink. Do people tend to like draw back? Oh, I don't drink very often. Like I just drink on the weekends. I usually keep it to like one or two. That I don't I don't really have an issue. Um, have you noticed that? Because it's literally every single time I bring it up, it they people come back with that. (laughs) 
Yeah. I, you know, I, that's funny. People, I, I find that now, okay. Say the last week I said some, like I said, oh, you know, our school's going back this week for the kids. Like, thank God, you know, the school's going back. And I was just like, yes, to everyone at work. And someone's like, that calls for some shots. And I was like, well, you know, actually I don't, I don't drink. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in recovery. And they're like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to make that joke. And I was just like, you dude, like you can make joke. Like I, I'm not like personally affected by that thing. I'm just letting you know, because you didn't know before that, you know, now, you know, like that, I, I don't drink actually. Like I won't be doing shots. I'll open a Pepsi in celebration. Mm-hmm. I won't be, I won't be taking shots. It's more just for your awareness. You can make, you can say things that are related to alcohol. I'm not going to like cower in the corner and cry yeah. because you brought up drinking, you or know, when I don't drink, like it's, you know, it's it. just when you just want to be like, guys, no big deal. I'm aware that alcohol exists. Yeah. <laughs> alcohol exists. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. true. Like, you know, it's more of that. Like people go, oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't realize. Like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so true. <laughs> what you have to say is, it's okay. I'll have a shot of pickle juice and watch their faces turn mortified. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, <laughs> that's really funny stuff. And that we really appreciate you sharing that because we, we always talk about how in our, in our, and our friends, our circle of friends and, and, and our coworkers, et cetera, when we speak on, you know, when we share, you know, that we are in recovery from alcohol, it seems like they get a little uncomfortable about the and, 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 and slightly defensive as well, too, as RJ stated, where it's like, oh, you know, I, I don't drink a lot. I only drink a little bit. And it's like, I don't. You do you. I mean, I just just because I can't handle it doesn't mean you should like worry in a sense. Um, it's just it doesn't mix well with with my personality. Mm-hmm. So, Outside of this, um, we would love to learn a little bit, you know, a lot more about you, about you, Becca, about Unashamed Alcoholic. Um, so are there any sort of advocacy projects that you're working on uh, that you're that you'd love to share um, or anything along those lines? Because you've had some really great guests on your podcast. Again, you guys, this is the Unashamed Alcoholic. Um, check her out. She's had some pretty cool guests. And I guess what I'm asking is, you know, outside of your podcast, you know, are there any advocacy uh projects you're working on some of your goals um would love to hear it yeah no thanks for that question um i well you know it's funny because the the podcast started like i was such a whim um six months ago where i just finally told my story publicly for the first time and then was just like oh that felt so good now you know, now what can I do with this? And so I was like, oh, podcasts seem to be the, all the rage. Let's, uh, let's look into that. And, you know, let's, how can I turn this into an idea? So that it's still in its, I, I mean, I don't know where I see that going and how long that'll go for, um, but it's still in its, I'd say infancy. I'm just getting the hang of, you know, the, the podcast now and, you know, it's, it's kind of picking up steam, which is great. I'm hoping to hit 10,000 downloads in the next um, few weeks, like I'd say hopefully two weeks or so. So mm-hmm. I'm really happy with how that's gone. Cause I, at the beginning I was like, listen, if one person <laughs> outside of my mom listens to this podcast and it's a success. Um, and, and so then I just started speaking 
Um, you mentioned it earlier at the um, through my work as a public servant. So I work for the government of Canada, and I just became sort of an, an, a member of their like a speaker as a member of their um, the federal speakers bureau on mental health. So out, that's kind of linked to the podcast, but it's outside of it because I'm I'm able to speak about my story, which includes mm-hmm. the podcast doing that. But that's really, you know, if a team or a group wants you to come and share your lived experience, that's that's what you do. So I did that um, really for the first time this week on a panel. Um, and there was like 4,000 people who, t- you know, tuned into that live stream. So I'm really happy wow. with, with that. And, I, you know, I, I, one day I would like to be able to go into schools um, and share my story because I'm a big proponent of um, talking to kids early on and and showing that you you know you it doesn't have to be a part of growing up it doesn't have to be I always say like I know my drinking started typically as a teenager but in reality it didn't have to like you, we always assume that like you know all oh all teenagers drink you know it's a part of you growing up but it really doesn't have to be. We've just made it so it is mm. as a society and our culture is just like ingrained in us that teenagers drink and you party. And But really, I wasn't ever given any other option. Like no one ever talked to me and said, you know, hey, there's you actually as a child, like as a teenager and as an adult growing up, you actually don't have to drink. Like alcohol just seems to be so automatic in our lives. We don't really consider the choice of like, by the way, kids go to schools and do those those, those chats, you know, with, with kids and my kids would just mm. probably die seeing me <laughs> there, but, but I would, you know, that's something I would like to, to do, you know, just really just expand the speaking side of it. Podcast. Yeah. Like that's great. That's awesome. I'm really happy with it. Um, but I'd like to kind of just continue the, the speaking. I hear you. That's awesome. So how many, yeah. How many podcasts did you listen to before you started yours? Because um, <laughs> I'm I'm just interested on in, you know why you settled on a podcast. Because a I really like what you're doing. I really like that you um, mm-hmm. are re- trying to remove the stigma behind being called an alcoholic and using the word. Because I didn't use alcoholic till we started the podcast. And then uh, number two was uh, how you got your first guest. Because I really like that story. Um, I've seen you post it on Twitter and I think it's, I think it's a really cool story. So (laughs) Uh (laughs) so for, okay. For, um, how I I started it, landed on podcast that (laughs) I thought about that and, I'm sitting in almost the same spot um, right now as when I <laughs> the, the, the idea came to me. And I, it, you know, I, I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to like Watch What Happens Live. I was listening to Ask Eliza, like these, you know, sort of co- comedy type things, reality show related mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and, you know, that was more like when I'd go for a walk, I'd listen to, to those. And I don't know. I just, I, I remember thinking, how can I reach people? Um, you can't really, you know, it's hard to do through social media, like to share stories, you know, you can't right. like v- verbally, you know, like how, how can I do, she continue to talk about my story. And, um, and then I thought, what's a way I can bring attention to it. And that's when I came across the 
the idea of like, well, using well-known people because it's really using tapping into their platform, um, not just mine, because, you know, I have a, a small following, but the people who I talk to, it's their platform who we can, you know, use to spread them <laughs> the, the information out there mm-hmm. because I'm using their, their larger following to, right. to get the information across. Um, and I mean, oh my God, trying to find, trying to find the first guest <laughs> when you have like a hundred followers and just a hope and a prayer and you have no, 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 um, examples or anything you've ever done before. I just kind of put it out there to a bunch of people and hoped someone said yes. And then Joao Franco, I woke up one morning and he'd messaged me back and said he he would love to do it. So I was like, okay, this is great because having someone who is on TV and recognizable and had a good following meant that it was suddenly going to give me credibility to ask some the next person, which is what it just kept kind of doing after that. And you know, you guys write and tell your story again and again. Um, and so people, I think a lot of them didn't care that my following was small or I hadn't been doing this for long because the idea when you're an alcoholic and you're trying to help other people, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you're going to get a lot of downloads or like, you know, how many people are listening, what matters is that you're sharing your story and hopefully helping someone. So I think that's what, uh, you know, most of, hopefully I think all of them um, feel. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, how it all, that's the origin story. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, that's usually how it is. I mean, it's, you know, you're kind of, like you said, you're going out, you know, you're just, just sending out a prayer and hopefully getting somebody and and it's such a wonderful wonderful feeling when you when you wake up when you go mm. back and check your email or what have you and they say yes that's a wonderful wonderful feeling so you're right i think there's there's so much power so much mm-hmm. up empowering mm-hmm. when you share your story when you constantly share your story when you mm. invite others to share their stories all the above providing that hope and encouragement so with that in Canada, in Quebec, how is the recovery community there? Um, is it, as you've mentioned that, I think you stated that you could start drinking at 18 there. And so I'm assuming, mm-hmm. obviously, people are starting to drink, obviously, younger, at younger ages, um, possibly getting addicted to it at an earlier age. So my question is, what is the recovery community like there? You know, how... How is it there? Um, that, and again, maybe another vague question, but I'm just very interested to learn more about um, your area. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's probably pretty similar. Um, you know, per, for me, I'm part of a 12-step program, AA, if we want to be specific. Um, uh, you know, I think you know that's, a, that's around the world, right? Like that's accessible mm-hmm. everywhere. And I think that that because of that, because you can find something like that everywhere, it's, it, that's so good. Like that's, that's what matters. You know, it doesn't differ depending on what country or province or state or whatever you're in. Um, you can find a 12 step program, whatever it may be, because that's what I think a lot of people rely on. And now with things like what you guys are doing, what I'm doing, what the, the you see online on social media with you know the recovery community it's so accessible to just put out 
the call and say, I'm struggling today, guys, or, mm. you know, does anyone have, and now with Zoom meetings everywhere, I mean, I've Zoomed into ones, you know, in, in Ireland, I've got one to in Minnesota, right. um, you know, it's so accessible, like the pandemic has made, um, you know, jumping into any meeting at any time possible, which is wonderful, right? Mm. Because I think a lot of people have been struggling this year, and you can't just get out and, you know, go anywhere really for for a long time we couldn't I still can't <laughs> you know you couldn't just now you can easily hop into a meeting we found that that makes it so much more accessible so it doesn't matter where you are and what your community is what it's like maybe in, if you're in a small town or it's hard to get to a meeting or whatever you can hop into them any time of day anywhere in the world so right. that's just I think that's been a wonderful thing to come out of uh, the last year I agree I agree with you on that I like that. Go ahead, RJ. Um, So what's it been like for the past six months? You've had these, you know, big name guests and every episode you're getting more comfortable and uh, it, it shows. So have you been able to feel getting more comfortable as you're podcasting or, um, do you just think it's more of the same? How's that been? Because I know I feel a lot more comfortable, <laughs> but it's been a, a long time. So, mm-hmm. no, definitely gotten more comfortable. I mean, I remember the night before I did the the first one with Joao. I don't think I slept all night. <laughs> I had memorized all of the questions. I was shaking like it was. I was. So nervous. Also, I think it was <laughs> about episode 19 where I realized I had the microphone not properly plugged in. So like the audio gets a lot better. Like, you know, it's a certain a certain episode after. So, you know, it's it's funny that's all these learning curves along the way of, of just of the technical side of things, like where I've understood to get through, through editing an episode. Um you know. No, but for sure in the, in my cat in my conversations side of things. Now I I definitely do my research. I still write out what I'd like to cover with the person. But mm. you know, we do it by Zoom and it's a very natural. It just winds up feeling like a conversation, you know, like what we're having today. It just winds mm-hmm. up being very casual and sometimes I don't even need to really rely on anything I've prepared because we just have a conversation, you know? No. It's it's a subject we're 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 very familiar with so yeah you know it it most of the time it just it just flows so you know it I've gotten less nervous I mean I think at first it was like you know who I was speaking with I mean some of them Mm -hmm. like you said they're they're kind of big oh yeah you know big big names um that makes me a little nervous It, it makes me nervous when I admire them too um outside of this so yeah, you know, I think I'll always be a little nervous going into a conversation, but I've gotten more comfortable for sure. Yeah, yeah, and we can we can tell for sure. I mean, I mean, you were doing some wonderful things um, with your podcast, and again, kind of attacking that that stigma that that surrounds um, mental health um, and addiction. And so, I do know that you mentioned the twelve step program. So um, that <clears throat> is obviously a a wonderful. Uh, wonderful program, rich tradition um, with that. Um, 
outside of 12, the 12 step program, what are some other um, sort of avenues that you've taken to really help um, yourself help strengthen your recovery um, and your recovery journey? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think the podcast is, is plays a big role in it um, because that, that ensures I'm always talking about it. Um, and, uh, always, always sort of in the, the, the recovery lingo, the loop of, you know, chatting about it somehow. Um, I think, you know, I, as I get more into speaking outside of the podcast and whether it's through work or, you know, um, whatever it winds up being, every time I share my story, it helps me personally. It helps mm. reinforce what I'm doing. It helps me, f- you know, kind of feel more confident in myself and where I am today, um, as opposed to what I would, you know, because every now and then the, well, there's still a little thing going, wouldn't it be nice to have a, a beer on a sunny day now outside on a patio? And it, But I, if I continue to just share my story and I get that feedback that I get and I, I share it from just for, just let's say just for me, you know, it, it's like a little extra step inside me that like builds on, on, on top of every, every other time I've told it and it helps me just go, yep, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, I just find that like sharing the story, however it may be, that's what continues to help me in my recovery. And I have little things too. Like when I take time for myself, I say a little thing at the end of the day. Um, Mm. I make sure I get outside a lot. Like there's a lot of different aspects to, I find, you know, your personal well mental health and well-being and you know that all kind of go together with with recovery. Absolutely. Absolutely. Besides the podcast and <clears throat> has there been any other hobbies you've kind of picked up along the way? Cuz mm-hmm. I mean, drinking for all of us took up so much time. So, I picked up cooking like and that, that was a couple <laughs> years after. Yeah. Uh is there anything that you've kind of noticed that you've picked up? Like I, I, I only realized when I started the podcast and how much time it takes and the effort that goes into that. I'm like, huh, I never had a hobby before. <laughs> this is my, this is my hobby. <laughs> and so, yeah, the podcast is definitely taking like time consuming nice. hobby. Um, mm-hmm. I try to go for walks, uh, try to go for a walk like, like fairly frequently. I got a dog, so that's definitely taking up a a lot of time uh, as with a puppy. So yeah, I've just, I find I'm trying to fill, fill a lot of the hours now with other, with other things that are, you know, um, consuming and, 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 and good for you. I'm also going to move in a month. So I feel like I'm just putting every single thing on my plate that could take up time and energy that one could right now. Yeah. You also have the mornings now too, where you can do stuff unlike before <laughs> where it used to be till one, two in the afternoon before you felt like getting up and moving. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is really awesome stuff. So we had a, we had an amazing conversation with a guest a couple of weeks back and um, she did a phenomenal job of really speaking on the uh, reward system, you know, um, for an, an, an example for myself, um, you know, walking away from the game of football was, was very difficult for me because for 18, 19 years of my life, that was my reward system. That was that physical side of things. I, you know, was rewarded by playing hard, running hard, 
etc. And now when that was gone is when I really slipped into a deeper pit of depression and alcoholism. Um, and alcohol really, really became my um, crutch, that reward system. Um, and so obviously us three being in recovery, and RJ already asked about the hobbies, um, is there any sort of thing that you that you do possibly when you get the urge, when you think about that beer that you would love after a long day? Uh, because that's that reward system that we're used to where you get home from work, what have you, you open up a beer and you kind of are like, okay, today was a good day. Outside of obviously your podcast that you mentioned, um, what is it that you do to kind of reinforce your journey? You know, make sure that you reinforce it in your brain that that is not what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Um, so hopefully that was a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I, pl- I play the tape to the end a lot. Mm. Um, that, that, that good old saying, right. Is right. Like sure. That first sip of a, a fresh beer would be great, but that's not where I would end it. Right. Like mm. I would be throwing up uh, somewhere. Um, that's, that's how the, that, that would end up. It, it wouldn't be like, you know, um, having an enjoying something nice, nice and calm somewhere, it would wind up in chaos and and vomit, basically. So, right. you know, I play the tape to the end, I see where it'll bring me. And I know that um, as much as that would be nice, quote, unquote, nice, that's it, it isn't actually nice. And, um, you know, I, I reward myself um, with, you know, really, like, I, I find I really enjoy um, buying really nice, uh, gourmet sort of meals and uh desserts and stuff and i find like i enjoy having that to look forward to like well it used to be having that a bottle of wine to look forward to now i have like a really nice dessert something really fancy like you know it's something i i still like that idea of looking forward to something because i used to spend my day looking forward to when i could drink and that yep. drink but that doesn't that never ended up well but if, you know, if it's just like about eating, you know, eating something, <laughs> it's just that the, the where it's not going to end up well is my waistline, but it's not, not going to really hurt anyone. So <laughs> ultimately it's okay. So I spend a lot of money uh, at like really uh, fine um, bake shops and stuff, but you know, it's, not, it's great for the economy, bad for <laughs> right. my corn. <laughs> Those Go ahead, RJ. cravings are real. Yeah. They are real, real. <laughs> I try to try to cut back and just keep getting more, keep getting more. But <laughs> I've I've kind of done the same thing. So I was actually thinking about this uh, a couple days exactly. ago that I wanted to bring mm-hmm. to this episode. I noticed that since I stopped drinking, like my taste buds. Yeah, you've got to have something. Right? <laughs> my taste buds have been more sensitive. Like I can pick out more flavors and do different flavor flavor combinations that I didn't realize I liked before, but I know I like now. Um, have you noticed that being into your, like your uh, fine dining and your desserts and stuff? Have you noticed it's not just sweet that you taste and it's not just salt, but you can get like these more subtle flavors uh, that go through there? That's funny. No, I I don't I don't know if I've noticed that or not. I, I mean, I've definitely I enjoy I enjoy um, and I guess I I, appre- I appreciate 
things now. I have, I find I appreciate mm. the quality of something now and like the good taste of something and, and the, the time that it's hand, like someone's made it. Like I appreciate mm-hmm. that more, you know, uh, you don't appreciate anything when you're drinking. You just like, it's just drink that thing, you know, get it in, get like, let me get a little cocktailed or drunk or whatever it may be. Like, like that's it. Give it like, it's, you know, we still, I still, still want that instant gratification um, of something now, but I find like I can, I can enjoy, you know, savor Mm. something, um, you know, (laughs) food. (laughs) And I've tried to cut out sugar because I know like, uh, it's not good for me. I have like a closet full of candy right now in front of me, but um, I'm <laughs> actually like staring at, at cotton too. candy sitting sitting on the counter right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm so but, glad that we, I'm so glad you mentioned. I figure, that. like, I mean, well, I feel like we've got to have. I've got to have something, you know. Like, give me, give me something to enjoy. You know, I'm not going to deprive myself of 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 that too you know I've, I've taken one thing out of my life that needed to be it was required i needed to in order to, mm-hmm. to live live life and live a good life i needed to take out alcohol but you know yeah sugar is not great for you but uh, <laughs> let, like i'm gonna i'm gonna keep eating my desserts <laughs> oh my gosh you're literally speaking our language your relationships with everyone <laughs> right becca you were literally you are literally speaking our language. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I cannot stop eating sugar. I I, I think my <laughs> cross addiction, cross addiction is a real thing. Um, you know, people can, for those who may not know, cross addiction yeah. is, but say that um, I'm, I was addicted to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Well, now mm-hmm. that I don't drink alcohol, that reward system, that yearning, my brain yearning for, for something else kind of went to sugar. Um, and it's been very difficult trying to lose weight because I can't stop eating sugar. Um, so I just want to kind of like just share that because we were right there on this topic of <laughs> what we are doing nowadays now that we do not consume alcohol anymore. Um, it's, it's, it's so crazy how us alcoholics are just, we have a lot, a lot in common, a lot, <laughs> a lot in common. <laughs> I know. Even so, that's what I always find with the with the podcast. We're I, I find with the podcast that you, when I talk to these people who are on TV or well known for uh, as an author, or they they were a basketball player, or a hockey player, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because I can still find something connected to it in their story. And that's, you know, because we're in recovery, we're all in recovery. We all have something we can find in, in, you know, in common in our stories. And that's what makes it so beautiful and, and so accessible to everyone is that, you know, it doesn't matter what you did in your life or, you know, what your career was, if you're in recovery, like we can find something in common. And right. and I think that's just um, the key to, to sharing these types of stories. Mm. I agree. That's something that Mons and I talk about a lot is we say, you know, we're the last to throw stones because our houses are very, very brittle glass, right? <laughs> Everybody who's been, who's sober, from whatever you're sober from in recovery, from whatever you're in recovery from, like we know what our paths are and oh, yeah. we're okay with sharing our, some of us are okay with sharing our past. Some of us are just trying to get to a level where you're okay with that. But um, yeah, everybody, a- everybody's been 
in the in the dumps with this, right? So yeah. that is something that is like when I listen to your podcast, when I listen to other podcasts that I really, really, it helps me <laughs> kind of share my story a little bit more because listening to other people be vulnerable, it's probably why AA works. It allows me to be vulnerable too because yep. we understand. Absolutely. We understand. Absolutely. So Becca, question. Mm-hmm. Since you've been in recovery, if there was one thing that you can say that you've that that like that you've gained from this journey, one thing, what what would it be? What would that be? You know, if there was just one answer, one thing that you have gained from being on your journey, what would that be? Um, it would be the ability to live in the present moment. Um, uh, you know, when I was drinking, I was only thinking about my next drink and thinking about when I would start drinking and, and, you know, when could I drink today? Tomorrow could, could I, will I drink tomorrow? And like almost looking forward to that, like, that's what I had in my life to look forward to. I I remember that feeling of looking forward to Mm. the next day because there would be another day to drink or I could, you know, where I had this plan and I'll be drinking during that. So it's great. And it was the center of everything. And so, but always in the future, I was never thinking about, what I was actually doing in the moment, I probably mm-hmm. wasn't important, but you know, now I actually have the uh, ability and privilege to live my life in the moment and, and be present in it and clear minded. So I, I think that's just, you know, it's that kind of dawned on me only recently that I have that ability now to live for the moment in the moment. And I'm not always thinking about something else. My mind's not cluttered up with something else. I'm, I'm really in the present living my life. Gosh, you provide some really awesome answers. Um, again, to those who are, may just now be tuning in, this is Becca with the unashamed alcoholic, her podcast. Um, this is, this is some pretty cool stuff. Uh, pretty cool. <laughs> um, to kind of bring everything around. Uh, so I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but Uh-oh. I, have it took me about six years to call myself an alcoholic. I actually never said it out loud until we started the podcast. And it was, I don't know, Mont said it first, and I was like, Oh yeah, I am too. I guess I better say it. Um and <laughs> the first couple times I was very tepid about it. How long did it take you because you're you're trying to remove the stigma behind being saying you're an alcoholic and uh how how long did that take you before you were comfortable saying that you were an alcoholic was it right away was it a year it was um i mean when i started going to meetings i couldn't i mean i would say it in the meeting be you know because like i felt like that's what that's what you did that's what everyone else is doing but i couldn't I, i had a hard time believing it as it was coming out of my mouth and that was a few months into sobriety and I thought like this I'll just say it because I'm in the room here and I everyone else is saying it whatever and I, but it, it couldn't even though I'm sitting in an AA meeting I, I could I couldn't be an alcoholic you know I, it was so hard to say that word out of my mouth um, but then I started saying it um, more I would take pride in my 
celebrations and my birthdays. Um, and I would say it a little more in my personal life. Mm-hmm. And then it, we know why I started the podcast was because I, I got sick of not being able to say that word because I hadn't said it really openly for the whole time I was in recovery because we just don't like casually throw it around in a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, but why, you know, I haven't been saying it because of the stigma attached to it that our society puts on it, but Mm -hmm. I want to be able to say it because that's what I am. So I just thought, well, if I just start saying it, then it'll be fine. (laughs) And so that's kind of how it started. I just started saying it. And I started the podcast with if I like, listen, if I put it in the podcast title, I'm gonna have to start (laughs) gonna have to be okay with it. So I, I really that's how it started. And kind of as I even now still, I'm still getting comfortable saying it yesterday, Mm -hmm. I went to a restaurant to get takeout, (laughs) still not allowed to eat it anywhere here oh, i had to go and rent to a restaurant to pick up takeout and they'd had on on their facebook they'd had these mother's day ideas and it was all wine related so i went when i went to the counter yesterday i said to the girl um you might want to just add in some non-alcohol related ideas for mother's day because not everyone drinks and i said i'm an alcoholic to, to her <laughs> just like weird, you know, still to say that just to a stranger, but I wanted her to understand where I was coming from. So, you know, I, I was nervous about it, but I did it. And I think the more times you do it, the more times I keep saying it, the better and easier it will still, it still can be strange for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, and, and little stuff like that, you know, you know, telling, you know, sharing that with, with that person, just so that it becomes more inclusive is an important thing. That is advocacy right there. Um, and that's very, very important. And it's a lot with what um, RJ and I do down here in Wisconsin, because again, the drinking culture is really, really rich here. But in that's in the same breath, we think, okay, since it's heavily advertised here, since this is the drunkest, this is the capital of, of, of drinking in the States. We feel as if then that, provides us with more work to to or more opportunities to help out people um and so my next question to you is you know how how has it felt you know when people reach out to you i'm sure you receive messages from folks who are thanking you for for sharing your story um you know how does that how does that feel how how rewarding is that to know that your voice is helping others Yeah, that's hard to put. It's hard to put into words because, you know, sometimes I put out the podcast and I don't hear anything, um, you know, from from anyone. You just think, is this just going into a black hole? Like, is mm-hmm. is this reaching anyone? Like, is anyone listening? To, you know, not and not even people in recovery, but does anyone even care? And, you know, it. it uh, but I just I have have to hold out hope that someone somewhere, even if I don't hear from them, because I don't, I don't want to make everyone who is impacted by this or who listens to it have to (laughs) have to write me some accolades or something. Um, But just that it's somehow somewhere someone is like, Oh, yeah, no, that's a good point. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Or, you know, Oh, good. I'm not alone. And that that's all, you know, I don't have to hear about everyone's personal experience from it to have made it make a 
difference. And I have to remind myself of that, that just because I don't hear anything sometimes doesn't mean it doesn't make a difference somewhere. But Mm -hmm. when I do get those emails um, or messages from someone who says something, oh man, like that's, it's hard to put into words how that makes me feel. It, 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 I'm, it's overwhelming, you know, to know that something that I used to be so scared of saying and talking about now is making a difference to someone else or helping them or encouraging them or whatever it may be. Like it just seems so, it's so wild because it's, see, just seems so simple. Like I could have been talking about it openly all along. And if more people did, maybe I would have felt that same thing from someone else's story, you know? And it just makes me go like, it's such a simple recipe we have is sharing our stories and and that can help someone. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's unbelievable. I agree. I do agree. Me too. That's, that is what it's all about. That's what, you know, I think that that's honestly behind both of our kind of stories because, uh, you know, I listened to Chris Hardwick, uh, I don't know if his old podcast and he used to talk a lot about his, sobriety journey and why he got sober and everything and then that that helped me at the start of mine so that's why i wanted to start a start a podcast with monster to kind of both of us going back and forth about it and kind of how it you know it as much as it sometimes doesn't affect everything in our life everything in our life can affect our sobriety um mm. and then also when we approach things like you did the ads in the facebook like we're approaching mm-hmm. it in our sobriety as well. So everything kind of comes back to it, whether we want it to or not. And I kind of want to let people know, like, that's okay. It's okay that, you know, some things that you used to really enjoy, you don't, you don't enjoy so much anymore. And it doesn't have to be, you know, alcohol related. It it can be anything. It can be, you know, friendships. It can be, uh, you know, what you've enjoyed doing on the side. I don't know. But just seeing this kind of, uh, you hearing your story and hearing why you, you know, kind of do what you do and how you've been doing it. It's, it really is inspiring to us. And, uh, I've seen people comment on Twitter and I know everybody there really, uh, appreciates what you're doing as well. So, um, I guess to wrap up, do you have any, uh, you know, words of encouragement for people out there? Do you have any, uh, Anything that you'd like to share, any upcoming guests you'd like to promote. Again, it's Unashamed Alcoholic Podcast. We recommend everybody check it out. Um, we, Yeah, really, really enjoy listening to it, and you have really good conversations on there. Thank you. Oh, that's really kind. Um, you know, I... My words of encouragement, I always sort of say what I wish I had known. And that's that Mm -hmm. it's okay to talk about this, that it's that it's okay to talk about if you're alcohol consumption, which which a lot of people have been in the last year um, in isolation and and, you know, your life being a bit different. But, you know, just Mm -hmm. to to tell someone, you know, whether it's 
um, you know, a stranger you, like online that you're you're feeling connected to and through the recovery community or or me or you guys or a friend or a family member or your therapist or whatever, talk to someone because you're not alone. You're not weak. It's not a failure, whatever. Um, it's, it's okay to be worried about that. And I think, you know, like that goes back to the emphasis that our society and our culture puts on the value of drinking. Um, you feel like you're an outsider if you can't meet that or match mm-hmm. that, or, mm-hmm. you know, and it, you're not like, there's a, just such a wonderful community of people who don't drink, whether you're, it's, you're sober, sober, curious, um, in recovery, uh, in, in a 12 step program, there's, it's a huge spectrum of people who don't drink and, you know, it it's great. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. And uh, the other thing is, um, you know, that it's fun. You can have fun still in sobriety. I think that's a big that's, fear uh, a lot of people have. So I, I thought I thought I would never have fun again. Yeah, I thought I would never go to why? Why would I ever go to a concert again? All these things. But you know, I've I have much more fun at everything I do now than I ever did when. Mm. I was that I ever thought I was having when I was drinking. So, you know, these little, these little nuggets of information, like I just want to keep saying over and over because, you know, it'll make a difference to someone out there who's worried or thinking about or whatnot. So Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Upcoming guests. I've got some really great ones. I have Ken Seeley from intervention. Uh, I've got uh, Bronwyn Windenberg from the real housewives of orange County. Um, nice. I've got the, the guys from knocking doors down podcast there. We kind of did a, um, podcast exchange with each other. Uh, I have Ann Dowsett Johnson, who is uh, a writer and, and she's in recovery herself. So, you know, just some, it's like just such great diverse conversations, hmm. um, with, uh, people who are from all walks of life and all different backgrounds. So really excited. That is, that's exciting. That really is exciting. And again, guys, the unashamed alcoholic. Um, Becca, this, this was awesome. And again, we did have some technical difficulties earlier, but we really, really appreciate your patience. We really, really appreciate your, your willingness to, to be open and share. Um, we also really, really appreciate your ad- advocacy work up there as our neighboring country. Um, and the last comment that I'll make is my goodness. It's kind of like, we are the, the neighbor below you making all the ruckus and you, and you're kind of like stumping on the floor to, to uh, tell America to get our, to get our stuff together, (laughs) get it together. (laughs) Um, my gosh, you obviously, uh, no, I'm now I'm, I'm, I'm up there. I'm up here. just (laughs) Give me some vaccine. Yeah. We got a lot of work that we need to do down here in this country, especially, you know, regarding mental health. Uh, So as our neighboring country, we appreciate your patience as well (laughs) as we work on getting it together. (laughs) So thank you for joining us. Uh, We really appreciate it. Thank you so much Uh, for having me. I really enjoyed the the conversation. Awesome. So again, the unashamed alcoholic podcast, finding on all podcast services, uh, you can find us, uh, uh, you find also Twitter handle is unashamed Alk on Twitter at unashamed Alk ALC. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find Monts uh, at Monts ball 28. You can find me at it's trickster. I T Z the I is a one trickster and you can fa- find us at on cake everywhere. Uh, podcasts, YouTube and t- Twitch. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us. And everybody have a good week. 
Let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today. Because at least if we don't make it, we try. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.